You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We need a sense of urgency, James. Where's the sense of urgency? Welcome into Crunch Time here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know, 10 weeks into the season, when really and truly nothing has gone well for you, nothing. Why would week, well, let's now call it week 11, because it's technically a new week. Why would that be the prime time for you to say, you know, now we need a sense of urgency? DA, Bud, <laughs> you, you needed a sense of urgency when you were two and four. When, when you weren't good then, what's, what's changed? Like, why, why wasn't there a sense of urgency then? Now, now that you lost to a rookie quarterback that you made look like a superstar? Is, is that why there's now a sense of urgency? I mean, after that Cincinnati game, there should have been a sense of urgency. Since then, you've gone one and three. And that one was an anomaly. You made a team that might be worse than you look bad. Congratulations. They make themselves look bad. You just played halfway okay. James, the Saints are so down and such a problem right now. I'm not even confident that they could beat a John Wolford-led L.A. Rams team. And that's if we do see John Wolford. Well, John right. Wolford that, that, that's Sunday. what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I, even if if it is John Wolford that plays and they keep Matthew Stafford out with that concussion, I'm not confident that the Saints could beat him. They made Kenny Pickett look good. I mean, it is just. Oh, man. But, you know, look, forget what happened all the first 10 games of the season. Now's the time for a sense of urgency. Now's the time. You know, let's let's try and win these last seven games, which won't happen. And, And maybe, just maybe, we could make the playoffs. Give me a break. 10 and 7 would do it. 10 and 7 would do it. But you're not running the table. Look at the schedule you have the rest of the way. These last seven games are harder than your first ten. Now, go back to that Minnesota game. You beat the Vikings. It's a whole different story right now. Sure, you're on a downslope, but at least you'd be a team that knew how to close out games. At least you would be a team that showed that you can beat 
good opposition. Cincinnati's the same thing. You had the lead. Finish the job. That's the thing that bugs me the most about the Saints, is that they, they just can't finish games. But yeah, you know, again, I'll, I'll reiterate it. Now is the time to, to, have, to have a sense of urgency. Because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. For the last 10 weeks, isn't that what the Saints have been doing? Are the Saints insane? Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Yes, they are. Uh, again, that's that's the biggest issue, right? For 10 weeks now, we have watched the Saints team make no adjustments, be horrible, and be content with being horrible. That's what I've seen for 10 weeks. If somebody disagrees, 337-706-0111, I'd love to hear it because that's all I've seen. I've seen the team be flat-out terrible, put a guy that you signed to a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract at further risk when he was playing with four fractures in his back. Now that he's healthy, you won't play him, and you're just okay with it. I mean, James, am I am I wrong? I mean, I do. Didn't you even say that, yes, there were four fractures, but wasn't it the ankle that was... The ankle was the problem. Was more the problem right. than the back? For sure. Okay. But now that he's fully healthy, or as healthy as he's going to be this season... There you go. Why aren't you playing him? If this is the healthiest he's going to be... Play the man! Like, it's one thing if the medical team is sitting there like, you know, Dennis, I, I, I don't think that it's in his best interest to play. Like, that's one thing. If doctors are advising you not to play him, then that's one thing. But if doctors are saying, like, look, this is the best he's going to be until the offseason. What, what are you doing? Put the man in! What do you have to lose at this point? You are three and seven. You are third place in the worst division in football. You're almost last, to be quite honest. I feel like they should technically be last since they lost to Carolina. Ding, 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 ding. Again, further proving my point. You are one of the worst teams in the worst division. You are 29th in the NFL. What do you have to lose? Play Jameis. Play him. Play Taysom at quarterback for all I care. Here's, a, here's another idea. Jake Luton? Oh, God. Give him a game. Don't even. I'm, I'm obviously joking, but like... Don't even with that. you got to change something. I agree. And I've been saying that for the last three weeks. Because now... I mean, we, we, we've we've seen this, right? He played in Andy Dalton played in the Minnesota game, looked pretty good. Offense ran well. He looked you just, okay. You he did enough. The defense couldn't hang on. Whatever. 
you know, fine. You win the Seattle game. Okay, you know, things are looking up. That was that was all Taysom. Fair, but, you know, you won. At, at that point of season, you just needed to win. Sure. You dropped the game to Cincinnati, a game that you should have won. You was, blew it. I was done after that. You blew it. I was done after that. I wasn't done, I was. but I, I, I could see where you're coming from. I was mentally checked out because, I, and I get it because of the short turnaround with Arizona. I get it why you were like, uh, we'd rather play a little safe. I get that. But once once I saw the three interceptions. Dalton should have been benched after the Arizona game. I was done. Uh, I, I literally said, unless you make a change, I've practically checked out. Dalton should have been benched after the Arizona game. He should have. That performance in Arizona, that, that should have been the last straw. Because at that point against Vegas was when Jameis came back healthy. Why are you not playing him? You know what this is? Spoiled milk. That milk is three weeks overdue. And it's separating from the rest of it. It is chunky. It's nasty. It smells weird. <coughs> I can't handle it anymore. I've had enough. And I get it. If, if the coaching staff didn't trust him... D- didn't trust Jameis, whatever, or they, they thought, well, maybe it was just one bad week against a good uh, Raven defense. Well, give him another week. Or like, we're, That's what I don't get is like, Dennis Allen is saying he's not even looking at things because he'll get questions by the reporters. He'll be like, hey, did you ever think about doing this? He's like, no. Did you ever think about doing this? No. What are you thinking about? Yeah, now now you're mulling a quarterback change. Why? Where, where was this two weeks ago? When you lost to Arizona, okay, it, that that what? Vegas that Vegas win secured Andy for two more weeks. Yep, it did. It, it it reset it. Not not that he played very well in that game, but you know that's what I'm saying. He didn't do anything special. That he, was he that threw, was just a Camara game. He threw for two thirty. I mean, that's great. At least he didn't turn the ball over that time. But, I mean, when is the Raiders' defense all that good? Well, I mean, that's fair. So, I, I would kind of hope you wouldn't turn it over. There is just... It, it was almost like it, it It was a couple days past their expiration date, but it, it felt like that one milk carton. It was like, well, maybe maybe we could salvage this. Maybe we could still have it last. I know, it's, I know the expiration date said October 20th, but it, it, it doesn't taste all that bad. And now we're in November. It's like, oh, God, this is disgusting. It, it really is. It really is. Um, I mean, you're just you're going to have to change something. Because DA literally had a press conference, and he talked about how the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something different to happen. I mean, what are you doing? Is what you're doing not insanity? Here's Dennis Allen on his message to the team. Well, yeah, the message a little bit this week was, was man, let's have fun playing this game. Um, but I told the team in there today that the, the message now is, is man, there's got to be a sense of urgency. There's got to be a sense of urgency in everything that we do. We've got to get some things corrected, and there has to be a sense of urgency about doing that. And, and, and what we've done to this point has not been good enough. And so if we keep doing the same things and expect it to be different, that's the definition of insanity. So um, we've got to change the way we prepare. We've got to change the way we get ready to play a game. That's coaches, players, that's all of us. 
um, you know, because it, it, it hasn't been, you know, up to the standard that we've had here. Wasn't that the same thing that practically AK was saying three weeks ago before the Raiders? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Mm-hmm. You get one win, and it was for extra motivation because it was against the Raiders, who was your former team that you coached, that let you go after you did not do good over there in, what was it? The Raiders? Yeah, what about it? Where were they before? I'm forgetting where, the, where they oh, were. Oh, Oakland. Oakland, thank you. Yeah, um, when, he, when he was still in Oakland, it was like you sunk up the place, and it was an extra motivation because I didn't have it as a soundbite, but Kamara was like, yeah, no, D.A. was lying. That that meant a lot to him, even and, though D.A. was trying to play it off. And, 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 like, that's, mm. and that's great, and that's fine. And that's what I'm saying. It was like it, it took the extra motivation to get the win, but everything else, you losing multiple games in a row and you being now – Four games under 500 isn't motivation enough? And now you understand why I've been saying for weeks, weeks now, that Dennis Allen is not a good head coach. Been saying it for weeks now. And th- this just proved my point to a whole new level. We need a sense of urgency after we're three and seven and, and ten games into the season. What what good does a sense of urgency do for you now? Let's go to the hotline, Ralph. What's up? Hey man, so so <laughs> here's what I can't understand with DA's logic. So at, at three and six in week nine, it's let's go out and have fun. But now we're three and seven, so all of a sudden there's a sense of urgency. Right, right. That sense of urgency needed to be. You know, when you were three and four, you know, or, or I mean, my God, this guy, every time he goes to a press conference, I get more and more infuriated to hear, you know, or being interviewed between the keep doing what you're doing, another bad day at the office, and now this. I mean, I, I know they're not going to fire him midseason. I, I, I know that, you know, I just know the Saints, but at the end of the season, they've got to. You gotta cut bait. I mean, this is, you know, it's already bad enough without salary cap and, and not having the picks and all that. And hopefully we'll get something with Sean Payton. But, I, man, I, I lived through a lot of dire years with the Saints, but I knew they were going to be bad. This is a, you know, we're supposed to be a talented roster that, you know, I know there's injuries, but hey, look, <laughs> it, it's not that, it's not. Not as bad as it looks when it comes, you know, to him. It's it's worse. He just exacerbates everything. So I'm I'm just done. I just don't want to hear the name Dennis Allen anymore. You know, and I'm just so frustrated, man. No, uh, again, I'm with you. I mean, I've been saying for for two uh, for weeks now that you know the, the Saints need to move on from Dennis Allen. I don't think they're going to do it midseason. I don't know that necessarily that they should. Uh, I mean, you, you have seven games left at the, at this point, but th- this yeah. off this off season, you got to move on. Oh, you, you absolutely have to, and and you know what? What I don't understand is 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 lack of. I don't know, man. You know, he, you know. I know there's some guys, some coaches don't get real fired up on the sidelines. I know everybody's a little different, but he just he really does look like he doesn't have any idea. And I'm, I'm and and it's not just him. Pete Carmichael is totally out of his element. I mean, he 
he literally told the Saints, "I don't want to be the offensive coordinator." Right, and they kept and yet now he kept out. Right, yeah, and and now he, he's proving it with his play calling. You know, I mean, it's like I, I really didn't want to have you know do this. So yeah, here we go. It, 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 know, it's your it, it, it's your own fault. You put me here. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, with unbelievable. You. Oh, well, thanks for letting me vent. Always. Always, Ralph. Appreciate you. All right, man. But yeah, you see, that's the thing. You know, I talk about how much the lack of emotion bugs me, and it, and it does. But Ralph's right. Not every coach is going to be, you know, rah-rah, fiery, whatever. Belichick. But I want to see improvement. I want to see something in the game plan where it goes, okay, you know, if they keep building on that, we might have something down the line. Or, you know, they're changing this and that to where, you know, maybe next year when we get guys healthy, you know, you might you might see something out of Dennis Allen. I'm seeing none of that. None now, of it. Now, you're, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. Probably not. I doubt it. But I think they're going to keep him for no. next year. They're, no. Because here's the thing, and I get it. You haven't seen it through the first 10 weeks, and I get you see some other coaches like Kevin O'Connell for the Vikings where it's like, well, they they didn't even get 500 last year, and now all of a sudden they're 8-1 and one and beating the Bills in overtime and making Josh Allen, well, even though Josh Allen has been throwing multiple interceptions the last three weeks. But you get the point. Coaches don't show improvement at the same time. Like, it's, it's not a after week four of your first of your first season you absolutely get it together. And because I'm, this is what I'm saying. Like we had talked about with Jay before, they're gonna give it multiple years. Bull, no, you can't. You will set your franchise back a decade. Well, you've been talking about how it, they need to set back and bite the bullet with uh, the salary cap, anyway. Well, they need to correct some of the salary cap issues that they've made themselves. But here's the thing. At the most, I'm giving them four games next year. If you are two and two or worse in those first four games, you're gone. You're gone. And look, I'm not I'm not asking the guy to have it all figured out after four weeks because I understand that that's not logical. Show me something. Some form of adjustment. Some form of, this isn't working, let's change it up. Some form of something. You have shown me nothing! Here's an example. I didn't start hitting my growth spurt until junior year of high school. So I, I was a late bloomer. Okay. What if, and I like I said before, I'm... I'm not too hyped up anymore on Dennis Allen, but what I'm thinking is, well, not only are the Bensons, or Miss Benson, they give them multiple years, but they also probably think, well, look, this is a tough year. Let's still give you another year because oftentimes, not just with the Saints, but a lot of teams in the NFL, they don't just fire a coach after one season. They give them multiple years to give them that chance. Because you don't have a you don't have a turnaround or have significant improvements after the first year, or even midway through the first year. There's still seven weeks 
as crazy as this sounds, you still could see them win two out of three. I'm not asking for major improvements. I'm asking for slight tweaks to the way you run the team. But what, it, what if he makes slight tweaks the last few weeks? Then do it. Then do it. If he if he changes the way that he does things, and I actually see you know a, a football team that looks like they give a damn, then fine, he can come back next year. But if it stays the way it does, where guys are just going through the motions and playing for four quarters and collecting my paycheck, and I hear players talking in weekly press conferences about how well you know practices have gotten more relaxed and you know blah blah blah. I don't want to hear that. I want that man out of my organization. Fix it. You made the mess. Fix it. Let's take a timeout when we return. We'll hear more audio from Saints head coach Dennis Allen right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. So here's the thing. Talking about Dennis Allen. So, we we talked about how the, the Bensons have never fired a Saints head coach after a year, which is true. However, we we can't say that the Bensons don't have a history of firing a coach after one year. Stan Van Gundy? He was canned after a year. Pelicans were terrible under Van Gundy. Horrible. They fired him immediately. And then here's the other thing. You know, we talk about how Dennis Allen needs a a chance to, you know, build his resume as a head coach and blah, 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 and all this stuff. What happened in Oakland? The guy went 8 and 28. He was a horrible, horrible head coach. Absolutely terrible. And you can't tell me. Now, I understand the Raiders are a dumpster fire. They have been ever since Al Davis died and gave up the team. Now it's his son, but regardless. John Madden left. The Raiders have struggled mightily for for years now. I understand. The first year that Dennis Allen wasn't the coach of the Raiders... They went 7-9. and nine. Now, that's not great, but that's a much better improvement than 4-12, and 4-12, and 0-4. So you can't tell me that you can't put together decent records in Oakland. Dennis Allen's just not a good head coach. Point blank, plain and simple. Not every, not every guy is made to be a head coach in the NFL. I've said it numerous times. I keep bringing up Nick Saban because he was horrible in Miami. I'm sure there's plenty of others that have not worked out in the NFL. Matt Rule, 
Some guys just can't do it in the NFL, and that's okay. But the faster the Saints realized that they made a poor decision in hiring Dennis Allen, the faster this team can rebuild and get back on track. You keep Dennis Allen as head coach, you're going to waste prime years of Chris Olave and Trevor Penning and the back half of Alvin Kamara's career and so on and so forth. You're going to waste it. So the, the Saints need to figure it out, and they need to figure it out sooner rather than later. But speaking of Dennis Allen, he addressed the penalty situation on Sunday with the Saints having 10 penalties against the Steelers. Look, it's, it's, it's fundamentals and technique in a lot of, the, in a lot of those areas. Um, and so that has to be addressed in practice. That has to be worked in practice. Um, and we'll work that until we, until we can get it corrected. You know, penalties were there. I feel like they kind of were better for a little bit. And then all, all of a sudden, here we go again this week. We get, you know, it creeps up on us. And, and, and look, you know, the, the, the penalties, if we're not able to overcome those, you know, like the defensive penalties, every defensive penalty, you know, basically results in a first down. Um, and so, and especially the timing of those, you know, like a lot of those penalties are, you know, third down penalties, second and long penalties, you know, where you're going to create some third and long situations. So, um, and a lot of those things came down to just some, fundamentals and technique that we got to we got to improve on and that's coaching fundamentals technique that's coaching 100% if the fundamentals are out of whack and the little things are out of that's coaching that's got to be addressed in practice and the way that that is addressed is by a coaching staff whether these are grown men playing football or not you're still a coach. They look to you for guidance. They look to you for direction. I mean, I just... At some point, we got to stop sitting here and saying, oh, well, you know, maybe he'll turn it around. When? Five years from now? The Saints don't have five years. You don't have five years to wait. Now, like I said earlier, if he shows improvement over the last seven games, I'll give him another year. But if next year isn't significantly better than this year, I think you got to move on. I mean, again, it, it, it's a, it's a, the league is a league where you've got windows. And I, I think the Saints window is closed. Let me, let me be, let me be clear there. But are you going to leave it closed or are you going to try to open it? Because if, you, if you're going to try to open it, you got to make some moves. you got to figure some things out. Tune in Wednesday night from 6 to 7 for the McNeese Coaches Show presented by Maplewood Burgers, line of bed out of Westlake and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gazzola will be talking all things Cowboys as the McNeese Coaches Show will be broadcasting from Maplewood Burgers at 4453 Nelson Road. Tune in Wednesday night starting at 6 for the McNeese Coaches Show. 
right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take a time out. Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints joins us next right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Swings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up. at a goner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. I got to feel I got to feel better about the Saints. I need something to make me feel better. Ross Jackson, help me out with that, please. <laughs> I'm going to do my absolute best for you today, buddy. I mean, you know, now you're you're three and seven. You've got seven games left in this season. Dennis Allen is now calling for a sense of urgency. I mean, is is that too little, too late? <laughs> well, look, I I, I think maybe uh, it, it's too late, or, or it's fair to say that it's late, but I wouldn't call it too little, too late. I mean. At no point, really, should you think that a sense of urgency isn't what this team, you know, at, at, at no point should this team think a sense of urgency isn't what it needs, right? So I think that, you know, when we spoke to players early on uh, this season when they were, you know, kind of struggling early on, guys like Cam Jordan mentioned, like, there's a sense of urgency before every game. Um, Eric McCoy mentioning that there's not really any panic, but there is a sense of urgency. Pete Warner saying the same thing. I think that the sense of urgency is very important for this team moving forward. And uh, so it's good that, you know, that was the message that, that's coming forward. But, you know, we'll, we'll determine by the end of the season or maybe over the course of the next couple of weeks here if it's too little too late. Have you been kind of getting that same vibe from the team the last few weeks? Like, have they been kind of showing it? Because I know Kamara talked about, hey, you need to get the swagger back before the Raiders game. But have they kind of been keeping that? Or is it all of a sudden, oh, now we need it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, good question. I no, I think that, you know, look, this team we see them in the locker room after every win, but we also get to see we also see them in the locker room after every loss. And I do think that there has been a sense of urgency. It's just that, you know, is that sense of urgency translating out onto the field? So there's the practice field, there's the locker room, there's the you know, there's the film room, there's home, and then there's on the field. And if none of the things that are happening elsewhere are translating out on the field, then you know, things do need to take a bit of a step up. You need to turn the notch a little bit, turn the dial a little bit. So hopefully that's what we see the Saints do this weekend against the Rams. Ross, you know, obviously the Michael Thomas situation is still incredibly frustrating to watch unfold. Um, you know, you, you see the the post about from, from Josh Allen about his injury that gets quote-tweeted by Michael Thomas. Today you see Cooper Cup's post get retweeted by Mike Thomas. Is Mike subtly throwing shots at the Saints medical staff? Yeah, I don't know, man. Look, I think that when you when you look at where Michael Thomas is and the, the sort of, you know, um, uh, coded language that comes with wide receiver tweets around the NFL at all times, um, you know, there's always several different angles and several different ways to, to look at it. But I'll tell you what, if if that is the case, that can't be on the New Orleans Saints' mind right now, and, and, and none of them can really, you know, look at that and say, okay, well, oh, Michael Thomas is throwing shots at us. They have other things they need to be worried about right now within the building in terms of the people that are going to be out on the field on Sunday, and that's got to be their first priority. So perhaps that's the case. If it is, that's something that they'll handle in the off season when they and, you know, and, and Mike come together to figure out what it is that they're moving forward. Or it's a misinterpretation of what his actual point might be, which would be him sort of putting on display similar situations to which he was, uh, to which you know he has dealt with, which was a decision to wear 
the team basically said, hey, either you get surgery and we end your season or you try to rehab it. If it, I mean, if you can't rehab it, you get surgery and we end your season. So the Saints were kind of in a rock and a hard place one way or another. I don't think the medical staff necessarily did anything wrong in terms of the information that we have. So it could be that he's also trying to relay a different message or he's relaying a different message from those who know and that it's being misinterpreted elsewhere. So in either case, though, that can't be the Saints. That can't even be on their radar right now. Yeah, and I mean, looking at it, the Saints, they've been pretty due diligent at filling out the stat sheet with injuries. Is there any updates that you have? Like, I know Marshawn, he's been dealing with that abdomen the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, John Hendricks over at Sports Illustrated tweeted out today saying that it seems unlikely that Marshawn returns this week, but that Week 12 is a possibility. Uh, but, you know, look, he's dealing with something that has to do with, you know, an organ. So I think you have to give that as much time as is necessary. He's just trying to get cleared uh, by medical staff to be able to go out and play at this point. So, you know, that's something you have to be very careful with. Be interesting to see what happens with Mark Ingram this week. The Saints just terminated the contracts today of two running backs, Derek Corr and Jordan Howard, who are both on their uh, practice squad. There was a sort of timetable of three to five weeks or four to five weeks when it comes to Mark Ingram. So we'll see if that you know, points to him being back at practice this week would be a possibility. So that would definitely be one to watch out for. Uh, and then the others that you're going to be watching out for are going to be on the, the offensive line. The Saints were without Eric McCoy. They were without um, Andrews Pete last week. They lost James James Hurst through, during the game to a concussion. So he'll be in concussion protocol, so you're going to want to watch that. But you're also waiting to see you know, Trevor Penning had his three-week practice window activated in terms of uh, opportunity to return from injured reserve. So if he's back at practice and actually getting reps in, that would be a huge story to follow throughout the week as well. Chatting with Ross Jackson of the Locked On Saints podcast. Ross, again, you know, three and seven, seven games left on the schedule. You know, what kind of direction does does this team take going forward to try and finish out the season on a positive note? Game by game. That's exactly the way you have to go go through it. Um, you know, we spoke with Jarvis Landry last week or this past weekend after the loss in Pittsburgh and kind of mentioned that that's kind of the veteran um, message to the team right now is, you know, there's no looking at the division. doesn't matter how many games back you are or aren't. doesn't matter if the division is still in reach. can't start talking about playoffs and postseason life if, you, if you're not winning games. And so for the veteran leadership right now, what they're basically telling people, the, the message in the locker room, along with that sense of urgency that Dennis Allen spoke about, is taking this game by game. You have to start winning games here. And so um, they're not they're trying to make sure that, you know, maybe the younger guys, that others that maybe don't tune out the noise, that they're not getting too far ahead of themselves. Because you can look at the division being a reach all you want. You can look at postseason life and percentages and all these other things. None of that matters if you can't win games. And that's what the Saints are, are going to be looking at doing on a game-by-game basis, week-by-week basis here as they continue to move forward. Now that Jameis Winston is healthy, is it time to go back to him at quarterback? Yeah, I think so. And, I, and, and I'll be honest, I think you know, whenever he was healthy enough to be the backup, he should have been the starter. That, that's as far as I'm concerned. And I don't mean when he was out there as the emergency third quarterback. My, my perspective, personally, in, in looking at what this offense has been over the past few games, um, is that as soon as Jameis Winston was healthy, he should have been out there with an opportunity to get his to, to, to prove that the starting job is his. Now he's going to have to go out there in front of, you know, or behind an offensive line. Uh, if he does get the opportunity to go out there, it'll be behind an offensive line that's, you know, dealing with the injuries that we just mentioned. But that can't be a part of the equation. If you think you can get better at the most important position on the field, you can't base that upon what's around him. You have to look at the most important position on the field, the most important position in football is the guy that throws the pass, that calls the plays, that leads the huddle, that leads the team, that leads the offense. And if you can get better play from there, 
than what you've gotten over the course of the past few weeks, which is hard to imagine you're going to get any worse than that, should be out there. As long as he's healthy and able to do it, That's that's that would be my vote. We may be getting a little ahead of ourselves, but what do you think is the best realistic record to end the season on for the Saints? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good question. Um, it, it, it's tough. Um, you know, a lot of the teams, a few of the teams that they have on their schedule, they've already lost to, right, Tampa as well as Carolina. You have some tough uh, NFC West teams that are out there that are ahead of them. And then you have, you know, Philadelphia at the end of the season as well. Now, they're on that Week 17 schedule, so they just lost their first game of the season. They're 8-1. and one. Perhaps they're resting starters by that point. You end up getting a nice win out of that. We'll see. Uh, but for the Saints, I would probably say that, like, Looking at an eight and nine finish, which would be uh, which would be five more wins, is remarkably optimistic at this point, and that's probably your ceiling um, at this point. You know, it looks a little bit more like a six and eleven finish would probably be the kind of most realistic, but we'll see uh, what the Saints are able to pull off uh, here. And, I, and and just to be clear too, I don't think a change at the at the quarterback position puts you in a situation where you're ready to run the table here. I mean, the the Saints have a lot of different issues that are going on. Uh, 14 missed tackles last week, 10 penalties, um, six plays that were, or six first downs gifted by those penalties. They're not in a great place. Uh, they have a lot of different things that they need to fix and that they need to get right. You're not going to get them all right after just one week, right? Like some of these things are going to take time uh, to fix, as we've seen over the course of the season. So hard to be too terribly optimistic uh, for the Saints team at the moment, but that's probably your ceiling and then maybe your kind of middle of the road that you're looking for at this point. Ross, looking ahead to this Sunday's game against the Rams, Cooper Cup is on IR. Matthew Stafford could very well still be out with that concussion. Uh, if John Wolford is calling the plays for the Rams, how do you like the Saints' chances? Um, yeah, I I like them. I'd like them a lot more if uh, you know Aaron Donald wasn't Aaron Donald up uh, against that Saints' offensive line as it looks particularly on the interior. But I do think that. Having Cooper Cup, if Cooper Cup, you know, with Cooper Cup not being there, if Matt Safford isn't able to play, then obviously, you know, the the challenge is a lot different for New Orleans in that case, and that could be a nice bounce back game uh, or a nice confidence building game for the Saints defense in that case. Um, but they're going to have to go out there and be out of their own way first. I mean, like we mentioned, the missed tackles, the penalties, all of those things. It doesn't matter who's lining up opposite them if they are the ones that are beating themselves. So that's got to be their their priority first and foremost. And then one more for you, Ross. This one is holiday-themed. When, oh. when do you think is an appropriate time to set up your Christmas decorations? Well, I'm all about Christmas tree going up after Thanksgiving. It, it's a nice little family thing to do, whether it be the day after Thanksgiving, whatever. I'm all about that being the thing. Because you're already starting to turn your your perspective to Christmas anyway, right? You're going shopping, you're doing the Black Friday thing, you're doing all that. So I don't think that that's too early uh, or out of time at that point to start at least setting up the Christmas tree. So I, I'm, a, I'm a day after or weekend of Thanksgiving guy. Perfect answer. Mine's, <laughs> mine's already up. Now the next one, I can't wait when we're, when we're chatting uh, in December. Come back with me. Come back to me about when it's okay to start eating king cake because some people get <laughs> way too early out here. Uh, I'm eating king cake right now, and my Christmas tree is already up. <laughs> yeah, he's a weirdo. Ross, appreciate you as always, my man. We'll do it again soon. <laughs> Real pleasure, buddy. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Take care. Stay safe. And there he goes, Ross Jackson, the host of the Locked On Saints podcast. King cake can be eaten year-round. I've seen places make red and green king cakes like it can be done. So, 
I, I, I think that is perfectly fine to eat it in July if you if you so choose. Speaking of Christmas, you can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Nonstop Christian music, Christmas music, 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Listen live at lachristmaschannel.com or download the free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices. And you can even listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. We'll take a time out, wrap up hour number one after this right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the world champion Houston Astros and the SEC West champion LSU Tigers. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. Welcome back to Crunch Time. 4.54 right now is the time. Really appreciate Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints coming on to talk about the black and gold. As it's, been a, it's been a tough season so far. But if you missed, if you got the last part where we asked about Christmas decorations, that's also our poll question, which we didn't get to yet. When is it appropriate time to set up Christmas decorations? The four options are before Halloween, before Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving or other looking at we got one vote for other which I would presume is Ton maybe because he said if you don't take your tree down you can redecorate it for each season which is which is a fair point to make another person said before Halloween then we got 21.4% going to before Thanksgiving while the rest of the votes at 71% are saying after Thanksgiving now if you are one of those if I'm willing to bet you're one of those people that said after Thanksgiving, speaking of betting, actually, let's talk about FanDuel because right now you can start off week 11 off right with a no sweat same game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account, you'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets with a chance at a bigger payout. I'll take the under on Aaron Rodgers' passing yards, a Derrick Henry anytime touchdown, and then the Titans' money line. Get a little risky with that one. Build your own or choose one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with FanDuel or with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you're already with FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you got. Make every moment more with Fandle, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Three plus leg minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet is $5. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. My Christmas tree is already up. So before Thanksgiving is plenty acceptable. Plain and simple. It's plenty acceptable. Also, great college no. basketball on tonight. It's the State Farm Champions Classic. Kentucky and Michigan State, and then Duke and Kansas. Going to be some dog fights. Those are going to be good games. I love watching good college basketball. But look, wrap as we wrap up our hour number one. 
James, is it realistic that the Commanders could be a nine and eight team? Ooh, let me look at their let me look at the rest of their schedule really quickly. I mean, you're looking at five and five. They're five and five right they, now. They still have play to play the, the Giants twice. They play the Falcons. Why are they? Oh, because okay. So you go Giants bye week, then Giants. Interesting. Correct. All right. Well, I think they maybe win one of those. I think you beat the Texans. You beat the Falcons. Maybe. I think they could be 9-8. I think that's very reasonable. I think they get two, maybe three wins. I'm looking more towards 7-10, and ten, but oh I God. definitely could see 8-9. and nine. Oh, my God. We'll continue hour number two next right here on The Game. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two here on a Tuesday. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Time to talk some Louisiana Raging Cajuns as they prepare to travel to Tallahassee, Florida to play Florida State. Corey Diaz of the Daily Advertiser joins us to break down all things Vermilion and White. Corey, what's going on, bud? How are you? What's going on, brother? Doing well. How's everybody doing today? Ah, doing well. Doing well. Thanks for asking. So, you know, looking looking at the Cajuns, you're five and five. You need one more win out of the final two in order to secure a spot in a bowl game. You know what? What's what's the what's the thought process heading into Florida State? In, in your opinion? Well, Matt, my opinion. You know, if I'm I'm Desimo, um, look, I, I'm going in with this mindset of let's see if we can get out to a fast start. I.e., you know, whether we start on defense that first drive, whether we start on offense that first drive. If defense, see if we can get a stop, get the ball on offense, see if we can go down and get some points. And if we start on offense, let's see if we can go down and immediately get some points. If we're in it at halftime, we're coming out of the locker room and we're trying to win a football game. If we're down by 24 or more points, we need to think about sitting our starters, most of them at least, so that way we can at least ensure that we give ourselves the best possible chance to go to San Marcos next Saturday and win a game that we would need in order to achieve bowl eligibility. That would be my mindset. Now, you know, look, I, I'm about as competitive as the next guy. I don't like losing, so I know it's easy for me to say that on a Tuesday afternoon as I'm sitting in rush hour traffic right now. Um, but I don't know. You know, you get into the game, you get into those emotions, you know, I'm maybe changes how you feel about these things. But, uh, you know, when you think about the bigger picture, man, I mean, obviously getting these seniors, as Des talked about the last couple of weeks, right, getting these seniors who've done so much for this football program here in Lafayette, getting them the possibility of going out with a bowl game, potentially a bowl game win, I mean, I, that's that's got to be your main focus. Right. And and you see, I'm, I'm not saying go to Tallahassee and just, you know, lay down and, and let them beat you by 50, but at the same time, the the chances of you beating Florida State are slim to none as it is. Stay healthy and, you know, focus on, focus more, I should say, on the game that 
is more likely for you to win and put you in that bowl spot, right? Yeah, you know, it's. I think the I think the phrase we hear a lot, right, is is the game within the game. I, I think the 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 bigger game here is getting to six wins. And again, I think obviously if you if you put yourself in a situation again, say come halftime in Tallahassee on Saturday afternoon, put yourself in a situation where you potentially win a ball game because there there's it's twofold if you somehow end up upsetting the Seminoles, you know, at their place, right? It's you know, even if you just finish with six wins or even if you finish with seven wins, um you make yourself a little more attractive to some of these bowl sites, you know. So instead of ending up, you know, in Shreveport, you know, for, you know, the Independence Bowl, maybe you end up going to Florida, you know, for a bowl game. You know, it's there's there's a damned if you do, damned if you don't uh, scenario here for, for UL and kind of where they have found themselves with two weeks left to go in this season. Um, but man, I, I truthfully feel like it's the most important thing here is is giving yourself the best possible chance to get to six wins. And if you don't win at Florida State, which I think we all know is slim to none, as you said, Matt, um, then then the smart and wise thing to do would be look. We don't need to to, to put Ben Woolrich in, in, in a tough situation here. We don't need to put Chris Smith in a tough situation here. You know, Michael Jefferson, these stars, you know, you want them healthy. You want them ready to go next weekend at Texas State. And I think that has to be um, just the main objective here. Now, I don't think this is going to happen, but, you know, realistically, what's the earliest you could see starters getting pulled in this game? I don't think it happens in the first half. Um, you know, even even if – you know, uh, Florida State goes up, you know, by three or four scores. I, I don't think I don't think Des would do it, you know, before halftime. You know, I, I could see a series or two, um, you know, into the third quarter, um, you know, because at that point, you know, if you look up and the scores, you know, if it if it's forty one to seven, you know, um, I just again from from the in the grand scheme of things, I. I don't see a reason to have those guys out there when you have another game next weekend that's going to matter much more than than the game at Florida State, especially at that point in the game. You know, so um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't anticipate any starter coming off the field in the first half, regardless of what the scoreboard says. Um, but if the scoreboard is 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 telling Dez and the coaching staff, okay, now let's start let's start getting these guys out of this game. Let's make sure we're healthy for next weekend. I, I could see that you know the first five or so minutes uh, into the third quarter. You know, talking talking about getting to six wins and getting to a bowl game, is 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 that a? And this might sound like an obvious question, but can the bowl game be a very positive end to what's been a rocky first year for Michael Desermo? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, not to you know, not to state the obvious here, but I mean, come on, man, like let's you know, if we rewind the clock here, um, six weeks, right? I mean, I think I don't think it's it's unfair for me to say that you know there was a, a decently sized faction of this fan base that was questioning you know whether Dez knew what he was doing, just in the sense of like he, he's he's rotating quarterbacks into these games when it looks like one guy's in a rhythm and then he substitutes him out and he comes back in when the offense looks like it can't do anything anymore. It, you know, it's just, it's been those those questionable. 
those questionable decisions that I think we we saw early on, right? Um, that I think kind of had a lot of fans scratching their heads. Um, and you fast forward now, and it, it's five and five, and in that stretch, you've had you know a win on the road at Marshall, which is a very tough place to play. Uh, you know, you've afforded yourself an opportunity here to get to a bowl game. What I would say. You know, after back-to-back losses to Rice and ULM, uh, you know, a lot of people question whether or not this team would even be here. Uh, so it's been a roller coaster, man. It's been really up and down. There's been a lot of ebbs and flows uh, in this football season for for UL, and obviously, you know, for recency's sake, you know, this is this has been uh, charted waters that they've kind of forgotten what it feels like, you know. Um, and I think to get to a bowl game, you know, again, whether it's in Shreveport or somewhere in Florida or anywhere, you know, I mean, they could play it right on the surface of the moon. I think, you know, for the football team, for the coaching staff, for the fan base, that's always a feather in your cap, and you want to go out there and win that game too. Um, but but getting to a bowl game would, would be a huge step. I think it would leave a lot of people feeling much better about the direction of this football program uh, than, say, if they were to finish – without it chat with Corey Diaz of the daily advertiser now look looking at looking at the Florida State game this Saturday you know obviously you know we've seen the Seminoles from time to time they took down LSU they obliterated Miami they hung in till the very end with a top-ranked Clemson team and then this past Saturday uh, absolutely obliterated uh, what we've thought to be a pretty good Syracuse team uh, you know, what, is, what does Florida State bring to this matchup, and what are they going to do to give the Cajuns, you know, more issues than maybe we might anticipate? Well, to, um, <laughs> to put it frankly, Matt, I think at most positions they bring superior talent, uh, superior athleticism, um, and that's not a knock on what, what UL has. I just think that in 99.99% of Power 5 versus Group of 5 matchups, that is the case. You know, there's going to be more, you know, four-star recruits on Florida State's sideline on Saturday. There probably is going to be a few five-star guys running around there. And I'm not sure if there's a five-star guy on, on Louisiana's roster right now. Um, there might be, you know, that maybe signed somewhere first and then and then transferred in. But and, I, and I'm unaware of him. But uh, you, how you sort of cut down, you know. Uh, the, I guess the discrepancy in talent, right, is that you have to be incredibly efficient. You have to be um, – you cannot do dumb things. You cannot have, you know, false start penalties. You cannot have plays that get you behind the chains. Um, you, you have to do everything, you know, almost basically perfect. You know, if the coaches chart the game after Saturday, right, they go back and look at the film, and they, they're going to have to chart a basically 100% game in order for them to be uh, – you know, in contention to win Saturday um, in Tallahassee. But, yeah, I mean, Jordan Travis, a quarterback, I mean, look, we, we've yeah, – obviously we saw it in the Superdome week one, but, I mean, these guys are uh, – I mean, just they're, – they're just loaded. Usually, historically, Florida State on the defensive side of the ball has got tons of NFL guys running around. And guess what? That's what they have. they got a ton of NFL guys running around. And so – uh, obviously, it's going to be the, the toughest and stiffest test that, that uh, UL has faced uh, so far this year. Obviously, the toughest non-conference opponent for sure. Um, they're going to have to play mistake-free, man. Cleanest game, most efficient game. Um, if there's a game that they can play above 
100 percent they're going to have to play that. Uh, just with the way that Florida State is just playing right now, man, it, it's this might be the best best four or five game stretch we've seen out of Florida State, and and I honestly, man, I couldn't tell you how many years. I mean, it seems like Florida State has been down for so long that we forget what it's like when Florida State's actually good. Um, and I think this team is is obviously not in the you know the heydays of, of the Bobby Bowden days, um, good, but. They're, they seem to be turning a page, man, and getting back to a situation where they could really be challenging Clemson and, and Pitt and the rest of these teams at the top of the ACC for ACC championships. All right, Corey, one more question for you, and it's a question that a lot of people have been asking. You know, we talked earlier about if the game gets out of hand and you kind of start pulling starters, could Michael Desermo go to Zeon Chris at quarterback on Saturday? Very good question, Matt. Um you know that that's something that we obviously hope to, you know, we hope to find out here over the coming days. I know we'll visit we'll visit with Des, you know, after practice on Wednesday. Um, it, that that's that's interesting. You know, how do you handle, you know, how do you handle the quarterback situation, um, you know, in the event that um, Woolridge comes out of the game, whether it's you know for a good reason or not so good reason. Um, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, and I don't think it's a bad thing that you that you do throw Zion out there and let him kind of um, run around with with some talent that uh, he certainly wouldn't see in the Sun Belt, uh, even when he's ready to play and be the starter at the quarterback position. I mean, you talk about you know throwing throwing someone in in the deep end, right? That's about as deep as it gets, um, and and what of ex- what an experience for him, you know. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. I would, I still would think um, that that Chandler would probably see the field first. Uh, I think it's possible that all three could play. You know, um, look, because Chandler hasn't taken a snap in, in, in five five or six weeks, and and he, he needs some he needs some reps too. And um, obviously, I know he's been battling an injury, and he's getting back, and um, you know, he seems to be one hundred percent healthy now from from everything we've been told for the last couple of weeks. So. Uh, obviously, but you don't want him to take a ton of hits, you know, get get pressured and things like that. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if you see all three, honestly, Matt. Corey, wrapping up, when is an appropriate time to decorate your house for Christmas? Oh, God, listen, uh, I, I'm fighting, fighting a battle with, with the wife right now, man. Um, this is, you know, Just normally, give in and decorate it, Corey. Uh, Say what now? Just give in and decorate it. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I don't look. Look, I, I already feel bad because Halloween is starting to get overtaken by Christmas. I'm having a big problem with that already. So I'm already feel like I'm, I'm getting way too much Christmas exposure as it is. So uh, I'd love to wait until at least after Thanksgiving. But it's look, man, I already feel like I'm 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 fighting a losing battle here. So uh, I may have to give in. So. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I'll have to let you have to keep you guys updated. The next time I come on, I'll tell you whether or not I, I won the Christmas war or not. I put I put my tree up over the weekend, and I'm glad I did. Oh my God, man! It's 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 too early. Look, I, hey, I know the weather. Look, it's cold here now, right? I guess our our definition of cold. I guess it's cold today. Uh, yeah, so maybe that cold. makes sense. Maybe that's kind of what it what it. Uh, goes by i guess is what the temperature is doing outside i don't know man i'm I'm more of a calendar guy i gotta know what the date is and i don't think it's christmas time yet Corey diaz of the daily advertiser joining us Corey, appreciate (laughs) you as always bud we'll do it again soon appreciate you guys y'all take care 
That guy needs to follow me on Twitter. He's not gonna. I know he's not. And he, he's he's told me why he won't. He told me that he won't follow me because he knows that it bothers me. <laughs> so he said that he's just going to continue to not follow me because it bothers me. And he gets joy out of it bothering me. I enjoy that he get that he enjoys. <laughs> I'm 16 followers away, man. 16. Oh. I need 16 more followers to be at 1,000. Challenge. Now look. Unfollow Matt. Oh, my God. Now look. I really... It's funny that I'm acting like this because I, I typically don't care about that kind of thing. I really don't. Hmm. I, I, really, I really don't. But like Ever since I met you, you've talked about now, it. But, but it's the fact that now that I'm so close, like now I want it. But then like once I hit 1,000, like, okay, cool, I have 1,000 followers on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just then, Matt Miguez. I'm, I'm Mr. Cool And guy. then when it gets to 1,900, I'll be like, oh, I'm right there. I'm right there. And, you know, it's a cycle. But like. I'm so close. I got to need 16 randos to hit follow. Randos? I mean, that's wow. all I need. That's all I need. People are just random to you nowadays. Just make... No, I'm not I'm not talking about... If there's real people, then fine. But I'm talking like spam accounts. Just follow me. Why don't you just buy your followers, Matt? Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nobody does that anymore. Nobody does that anymore. That's not cool. <laughs> Buying that's followers. Cool. That's lame. You sound like you used to do that. Uh, I never did it. I looked into <laughs> no, 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 no. it. Okay. I looked into it. Hey, I got a follower. Shout out Nicholas Leger. Nick, unfollow him right now. Yeah, come on. Nick, unfollow let's him see right if now. We, let's see if we can get Miguez to 1,000 followers by the end of the show. Oh. Can, we, can we do it? I think we can do it. Let's take a timeout. We'll hear from Brad Kelly next here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Y'all, I got four followers in the commercial break. Now we're only 12 away. Let's get there. This man's begging. I'm not begging. There's a big difference between begging and having a conversation about it. Big old difference. Let's go to the hotline now. Frank, what's up? Not a lot, Paul. How you are? Uh, I'm doing well, man. What you got? Uh, well, first off, uh, let, let's start with the ugly. Uh, I, I talked to several people, and I'm not going to say Thomas's name on the radio because he doesn't want everybody to know that he's from Louisiana, but he's not a Saints fan. He said that uh, some of those penalties wasn't really penalties, which I didn't watch the game because my head was still stuck in the toilet from the previous weekend. Uh I only caught uh, two plays after we got back from Mel's Diner on Sunday. Uh, one of them was uh, uh, Jarvis Landry going across the middle and the cornerback pulling his elbow about three yards before uh, the ball hit his arm, uh, which is pass interference 101. But like I said, you know, I, I wasn't going to get down about it. Uh, the other one that I caught uh, after I picked my head up was, for whatever reason, uh, Dennis Allen left. Andy Dalton in to run a one-yard quarterback seek when you got Taysom Hill, what, uh-huh. two, 247, 282, something like that. Uh-huh. He could pick up one yard sleeping. So I didn't get that play. Um, so only thing I'm going to say about the Saints game is uh, I agree with you. Um, I, I don't see how the Bensons have enough patience to 
give him the end of the year. But that's the one sin that the Bensons have always been blessed with is an abundance of patience. Uh, they, they ride the clock out on everything. Uh, the bad was uh, LSU-Arkansas. Uh, I thought that game was too close because me and my nephew, who's a huge Arkansas fan, and I'm not going to say Jesse's name either, uh, but he he's a big Arkansas fan, and, and I thought LSU was going to dog walk him, but they did have the letdown game. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry they had the letdown game, but the good comes from HP40. That dude is sick. Yeah, he's a uh, he he's a special breed, no doubt about it. Dude, did you see the highlight reel? Oh yeah, after oh, the game? oh yeah, dude, it was loaded with HP40. That's all it was, HP40 everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like if he was politicking, he'd have won the gubernatorial race. It was ridiculous. I mean, I, I saw some people renaming Perkins Road and Baton Rouge Herald Perkins Road. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I have never been more impressed. I mean, I, the only player I was impressed with that much at LSU was, was Leonard Fournette, just because I saw him do on the field sex changes to uh, football players. But this dude has definitely got my attention. Um, he he even named his dog Frank Booger Nation yep. because of that dude. So that that dude was sick. But this Harold kid, man, he and he's oh, yeah, only he's a special. freshman. What is he going to blossom into? It, he's he's special, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, just anytime you get four sacks in a game, it's special. But to do it as a true freshman with the flu, come on. Point. Come Point. on. And, I mean, did you see how sick his closing speed is? And I told my wife after he hit old boy, I was like, I would have loved to have been a fly on the helmet of that kid to know what Harold Perkins told him. And my wife said, well, he probably said, look, dude, I own you. Go home. Yeah. So, you know, there's this there's this comedian on, on social media. His name's Matt Mitchell, and he does these uh, meme videos where it's like the SEC roll call and they recap the week. And... Uh, the, the guy he was when it was his turn to talk about Arkansas. The Arkansas guy was sleeping, and LSU walks in the room and goes, "I got it." They get in his ear and they said, "Harold Perkins," and the the Arkansas guy jumps. He said, "Please make it stop." <laughs> it's like, dude, that's that's so that's it's good. so accurate. It's so accurate. Uh, uh, and he was everywhere. I mean, if they wanted to put him at safety, he could have played safety. I, I mean, he was just. If you wanted safe. to put him at and, running back, he probably would have had three touchdowns. You know what, dude? I mean, that's crazy. He was that good that day, and I hope that wasn't his only day to shine. Because uh, I know it was substandard competition, but come on, dude, that kind of performance—if he's not SEC player, defensive player of the week—they they must be NFL referees uh, rating this. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. T, well, appreci- I mean, Ralph, Frank, appreciate the call, man. Thank you, Bubba. So. I mean, about to name everybody. I mean, I know I'm I'm drawing a blank. This man's a shambles. Um, I really am. I don't he get, know. Why. He gets four followers. He doesn't know what to do with himself. I got I got two more while Frank was on the phone. <sighs> I'm at nine ninety. I need ten more. Appe- appeasing this man. I need when, ten more when he when he's already got so many followers. And I'm. You're just mad because you only have like forty. Maybe if you would tweet more. I do tweet. 
So we had a bunch. How old is your account? Since 2015. Oh, but dude. I didn't I didn't use it for the like first four years. Oh, dude, you're you're doing you're doing this wrong. Anyways. Um, oh yeah, because I as soon as I got Twitter, I knew what to do. What? You, you're doing this wrong. Anyways, so we'll we'll get to Brian Kelly here in a second, but I, I I'm seeing something. So one thing that's always been crazy to me is the media rights deals that leagues signed with cable networks and just the amount of money that these leagues, you know, ask for, right? It's absolutely insane. So listen listen to this headline from Front Office Sports. Warner Brothers Discovery is prepared for life after the NBA on TNT. With the NBA potentially seeking $75 billion for its, for its next set of media rights, Warner Brothers will be disciplined in negotiations. Quote, we don't have to have the NBA. $75 billion? To play some games on a channel? My guy! That is insanity. I mean, absolute insanity that leagues are requesting that amount of money. It's nuts. Absolutely nuts. But, you know, anyways, that that was kind of irrelevant and off the cuff. Like I said, I I saw it on Twitter and I just had had to bring it up. I mean, James, do you think that that's kind of crazy? It is. I mean, it's crazy how much money is put into into sports and just watching a single game or, or like carrying a set number of games throughout a season. Did you see that uh, the Buffalo game this Sunday could have two feet of snow on the field? <laughs> Ooh, imagine if LaShawn McCoy was playing that game. Two feet of snow on the field between the Browns and the Bills. Yikes. I mean, that... How do you how do you move? Just give it to Nick Chubb and let him go, baby. Two feet of snow. Good lord! Is that Almighty. one in Buffalo or is it in Cleveland? It's in Buffalo. It is in Buffalo. Yeah. Nice. And Isn't then it, wasn't that that game? Was that the same? Was that when uh? No, Lashawn McCoy. He did that against the Lions. Never mind. Yeah, they. But the Browns and Bills did play in a snow game a few years back. Um. With Justin Jefferson's crazy catch on Sunday, a list of the top ten catches of of all time have has come out, mm-hmm. and Justin Jefferson's is at ten. Mm. Interesting. The immaculate reception is number one. I can understand why people put it there. I would have it at two though. Um, some a couple others. Odell Beckham's catch from twenty fourteen. Seventh. I have that at first. Julian Edelman in the Super Bowl. I put that at about six or seven. It's at six. Uh, Santonio Holmes catching the Super Bowl. I have that at like four. Yeah, that's where they have it. And then this one, I mean, I, I, I get how important it was, but the catch itself, I don't think it was, you know, oh my God, spectacular. The Dwight Clark the catch. I was going to say, I feel like I've seen that from like Adam in the, Trotman. In the 81 NFC <laughs> Championship game. I feel like, like I've seen that against 
I feel like I saw Jared Cook do that five different times. I think it's up there because of the the circumstances, of right, course. Right. It's the same thing with the the Lynn Swan catch in the Super Bowl. I get it. I get it. It was in the Super Bowl. I, I get the stakes were high, so because it's the final game, it, it elevates it, which it, I'm fine with it still being there, but I'm still looking at the catches themselves and how difficult they were. Right. Look at look at what Odell was doing. Odell got pass interference with, and not only was he using one hand, he was using three fingers. Right. Falling backwards. He didn't jump full, up for full it. Full extension. Full might extension, I add. falling backwards and caught it on the way down. Oh yeah. It was nuts. Did you know, James, that your Alexa or Google home speaker helps you out around the house? Is it really? It can control your lights, your thermostats, and more. But did you know that it could also play the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station? Oh, hunky-dory. All you got to do is ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana, and it's that easy. So do the smart thing haha, and have the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you go. We'll get to Brian Kelly in the next segment. We'll take a timeout and do that next here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. So you know... Getting cold, right? It's chilly outside. Just a little. So look, if you, if you need like a, a, a wool coat for for work or a, a nice date night or you know whatever, Southern Marsh has has these new pullovers that are great. Tuxedo suits, whatever suit ups, got it for you. Let me tell you why. They've got fashion tuxedos, suits for all occasions, sportswear, even wedding party specials. I mean, just great quality suits from different designers and different fabrics all over the world. It's absolutely incredible what they can do for you at Suit Up. Professional service. They're going to measure you every time you go to the store, make it make sure it's a proper fit. And they've got three locations to serve you no matter where you are in southwest Louisiana. Lafayette on Ambassador Caffrey, New Iberia, and now open in Lake Charles across from the Prion Lake Mall. Again, tuxedos, suits. You just need a blazer. Dress shirt, socks, a tie, whatever it is you need. Suit Up has it for you, so go check them out. Once again, three locations, Lafayette, New Iberia, and Lake Charles. And when you do, tell them that Miguez and Mesh sent you. Back here on Crunch Time, Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Brian Kelly met with the media yesterday, and he said, you know, talked talked about a lot of things from – Looking at Georgia, looking ahead to the SEC championship, talked about Greg Penn and how special Josh Williams has been. But here is his opening statement. This weekend and, and obviously last weekend, you know, our, our football team was challenged um, for four quarters uh, against uh, you know an Arkansas football team that we knew was going to be difficult to play uh, at Fayetteville, and, and they were. Um, they were well prepared. Uh, they were well coached for the game, and um, quite frankly, uh, you know, I think our guys uh, look. Winning's a habit, and losing's a habit. And you know, what we can take out from that game is that they have 
done the things necessary to make winning a habit. And just like losing becomes a habit, they found a way to. So here's the thing. James, I'm sure you saw this on Saturday. In between the Gatorade coolers, they had three different drink dispensers. Wasn't one of them like hot chocolate, the other one was coffee. And then chicken broth. And chicken. Yeah, that's right. There was broth. I forgot about that. Chicken broth. So. Hey, chicken broth is good. Well, here's the thing. That's some good stuff. So here's the thing. You know, Brian Kelly talked about it with the flu going around. What it did was it provided nutrients. Gave Harold Perkins superpowers. Well, here's because here's the thing. When you have the flu, you're not keeping food down. So you have to get those electrolytes from something. And the salt that's in chicken broth, I mean, dude, that gives you everything you need. It gave him nutrients. It gave him, it made his body think that there was food in his system. And so, I mean, it kept him from passing out and getting dehydrated and whatever. And so a little strange to see chicken broth on the sidelines, but hey, you know, if it works, it works. And hey man, don't hate the process. I mean, it, it is what it is. But uh, is Brian Kelly or his staff looking ahead to Georgia just yet? No. I mean, I think we'll have plenty of time, you know, to um, get information on Georgia. And, and we're, we're pretty much aware of, you know, Georgia and who they are and what they're about. So, you know, our focus will be on UAB and, and A&M because it, it, they matter. Those games, for us, in terms of where we are, uh, and the development of our program, these singular games are so important to us. Look, I get the SEC championship game is, is what it is, right? It gets you one step. But um, as we're climbing this ladder for us in terms of the development of our program, um, these games are so pivotal for us in terms of our development. It's, it's crazy to be able to think of anything else. But And I completely agree with that. Yeah, it's too early. Because, because it's the same thing with me. And, and and fantasy leagues, like as much as I want to get that first round by, because there's only one or two spots depending on the league, or sometimes you may not have a buy, but you got to look at it week by week. Absolutely, you you can't look ahead because if you look ahead, then you're gonna then you're not gonna uh, respect the opponent that you're about to play, and that's when you get beat. So you have to, even though UAB has struggled this year and not been that that great of a performance so far. You still have to give them the respect and do your due diligence to make sure that you are prepared for that game. Dude, UAB will catch anybody. you got to look at all the factors they've gone through. Your football program disbanded, and you've only been back at it for four years now. The head coach that helped you bring it back had to medically retire three weeks before the season started, and yet you are 5-5. Five and five with two games to go. And you're only a 14-point dog to LSU. If you are not ready for the Blazers, they will catch you. And Brian Kelly knows that, which is why they're not looking too far ahead, which is which is the smart thing, right? You and I just talked about that. You know, you, you can't go... You, you can't look to December 3rd when it's only... November 15th. But, you know, you brought up fantasy. I'll tell you this, James. There is one game 
in a certain league that I want to win more than any game in the world. I bet. I can think of one. And that is this Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking you down. Okay. I want you to know that right now. Okay. I'm nine and one to your seven and three. Uh-huh. You're getting owned. Okay. My guy. Owned. I mean, who who are you gonna beat me with? Nick Chubb, he's playing in the snow. That he's not gonna have a great game. Devin Singletary, also playing in the snow, not gonna have a great game. Zach Ertz, out for the year. Who's gonna be your new tight end? Bum. You're gonna get a bum to play tight end for you? I mean, your kicker's even on a bye. Your kicker doesn't even want to play for you. That's horrible. So you're getting owned. Um, I hope you're ready for for the, you know, the detriment that I'm gonna throw your way. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah. And when I'm ten and one and you're seven and four, sulking in a corner, I'm just going to laugh. Okay. I'm going to laugh so hard. I'll keep that in mind. Oh, I'm sure you will. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will. It is James Mesh Hate Week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna win this league. I'm gonna take your money. And I'm gonna laugh the whole time. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I bet I bet you will. I bet you will. Three three seven seven zero six zero one one one. I mean, dude, Pittsburgh's gonna pick off Joe Burrow like five times. I mean, it just it, it, didn't he still put up like twenty points that week though? Let me see. I don't know what week I you're talking he, about. Week one. Oh, against Pittsburgh? Yeah. You talked about know. Pittsburgh, so. Well, I was saying this Sunday they're gonna. I know, but what I'm saying is he got he turned the ball over like a gajillion times anyway, and he still put up 18, which is solid. Which is what I think it's what he's projected anyway. Yeah, 18 and a half. That's horrible. My quarterback's projected at 23. Big guy. By the way, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Can anybody else play running back? I don't want him. I don't want. I him. told you to get rid of him. Dude's a bum. I told you to get rid of him when you had the chance. The dude is a bum. I'm putting Elijah Mitchell in. What a great game he had. I'm putting him in because he'll do better than than Clyde. Clyde had zero. He did zero. That's that's bum city. Was that was was that a? Yeah, he only had two targets. He didn't even get a carry. Yeah, bum city. Nice. That's horrible. So, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, if he gets, you know, 70 yards again, I mean, that's even better than than what Clyde will get me. So, but no, just let, letting you know now, have fun losing. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk some more trash next week. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, and, 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 and what are you looking at? How much, how superior my team is compared to yours? Because my team is better at every position than yours is. Except maybe wide receiver. You might have me at wide receiver. Might? No, you do have me at wide receiver. Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins. Yikes. That's a group. And Tyler Boyd? Yeah. You were supposed to trade me, Tyler Boyd. Did that trade not go through? It's oh, that's a different other league. league, you buffoon. I for, I'm in a, a lot of leagues, okay? So I'm and in how the same do, amount of and leagues. And how do you have Tyler Boyd in all of your leagues? Because that was somebody I was targeting in a lot of oh leagues. Oh, my God. I picked him up in, I have him in three. 
He said, I'm going to just take Tyler Boyd and Jay Jettas, and then everybody else could just figure it out. We'll figure it out the rest of the way. Everybody else could just be bums. I got those two guys. I'll be fine. I didn't know Nick Chubb as the bum. number four running back. Bum. Is a bum. Interesting. Bum. And isn't Joe Burrow like the number four quarterback? Number five quarterback? Yeah. And number five overall in fantasy. Bum. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely a bum. Oh my god. I, I I love trash talking with you because you just get so you get so animated and so flustered. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely showing my animations right now. Right now you're not, but you usually are. Because right now it's the regular season. So I'm kind of just chilling. It's fine. If you are looking for great stocking stuffers for the holiday season, look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great stocking stuffers by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. Sign up today. We'll take a time out, update the poll question, and wrap up today's show after this right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know the routine. Eat, drink, sleep, and sports. All day, every day. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Injury update for the Pelicans. Guess who's out? Go ahead. Guess. Go ahead, guess, James. Just guess who's out. Who's who's not playing tonight? Is this somebody that we anticipate or that we kind of see there very often? Yeah. First guess would lean towards Zion. Uh-huh. Oh. What, yeah. is, it, what is it this time? It's a right foot contusion. Oh, sick. The foot's back. So he's out. He's listed as, quote, day-to-day. And I wonder if Zion will ever be able to join the Foot Clan. Do you know that reference? I don't. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I didn't watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <sighs> and you were sheltered as a kid. No, just didn't watch <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I was busy watching, you know, Nickelodeon and Disney Channel, and they had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Nickelodeon. I never saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on Nickelodeon. Never once. What kind of Nickelodeon were you watching? At that point, when was that? Because at that point, you were probably, I was 12. So, so I was you 15. Were, you were about 15. Oh, so dude, you I probably was, moved I on I was at way that past Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at 15. I was driving at 15. Yeah, but they, they had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on a different channel. But it was like the a different uh, art style. I'm trying to remember. They didn't have it on Cartoon Network. But I feel like they had it on a different channel. Yeah, they, they did. I can't remember the name of the channel, but I know what you're talking about. So um, I don't think it was Boomerang. It's I think at a point they had had it on Boomerang. But yeah, no, I didn't watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <sighs> Man, you missed out. Um, That's a good show. I watched Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Wizards Waverly Place, of course. Classics. Um, Hannah Montana. Yeah, because it was great. Kim um, Possible. Kim Possible. God, I love Kim. Possible. The Proud Family. Oh, dude, the Proud Family. That was a good cool. one. Cool. Going back down memory lane. Golly. Right? Take me back. Nickelodeon was, you know, Hey Arnold and 
rocket power. And... The only Hey Arnold episode that I've seen like two episodes, but the one that I really remember, and it was the first one because it, it just worked out so well for me, was the football episode. Oh my god, that was a good one. And Ned's Declassified and School all... Survival Guide. Oh yeah, Zoe One Hundred and One. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. We're going to take this opportunity to thank Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints and Corey Diaz from the Daily Advertiser for joining us today. We'll do it again tomorrow with Who Dat Wednesday with our guy Brendan Ertle. Same time, same station right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the world champion Houston Astros and the SEC West champion LSU Fighting Tigers. Speaking of the Tigers, Tiger Rag Radio is next.